Hey gang, what's going on? Kevin Goatee here, brand new Gutting the Sacred Cow. This week, we have Dan Dunn from the Imbiber and the Adam Carolla Show, and he is going to throw Blair Witch Project down the well. Joining me is special guest host, Delvin Cox. You know him, you love him. Now, let's get right to it, and let's see if Dan Dunn can throw the Blair Witch Project down the well on Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best movie review and movie debate podcast out there, period. Gather round, here's what I know It's just that this cow has got to go I know some people kinda like it, yeah, it's training right now Yeah, that doesn't matter cause we're good in the sacred I go steady and I French kiss. Yeah, but daddy says I'm the best. Delvin Cox, guest host, name that film. I have no fucking clue. Dan Dunn is our real guest today. Dan, can you name that film? What movie is that from? Can you say it one more time? Just I, uh, Sure. I go steady and I French kiss. Yeah, but daddy says I'm the best. Um, I promise you, you both have seen this a ton of times. American Pie. Not a bad, along the right lines, but not it. The answer is National Lampoon's Vacation. Oh, that's right. It's it. They're in the room hanging out. Jane Krakowski. Yeah, that's a classic. Kevin Goatee, Delvin Cox. Dan Dunn is joining us. Dan, how goes it, my friend? What's new and exciting? Uh, it's very nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me on the show. Um, well, you know, you got, uh, when is this going to air? Is the holiday still happening when this airs? It will be. Yes, it will be. So fire away. If you've got to, when I make an announcement early on. Oh, just, you know, holiday cheer. That's all. Oh, oh, oh. oh. I'm into it. I'm into it. Yes, it eggnog will. going. We, I was on, uh, you mentioned Kevin, you listened to me on the Adam Carolla show yep. and we just did an eggnog segment recently. And I got to tell you, it's probably the best eggnog I've ever had. Whoa. We did this uh, mixologist friend of mine created Paul Sanguinetti created three different style. Well, the same eggnog, but he mixed it with uh, bourbon. One of them was bourbon. One was rum and one was brandy. And man, I love it. I don't know why we can't drink eggnog all year long. I never liked it. I tried it. David tell us the greatest joke. Eggnog, or as I call it, elf come. Um, I was. Uh, <laughs> who, I just no. think it would be funny if you busted it out, like if you showed up to a beach, like a a summer barbecue, right? And you just bring a <laughs> batch of eggnog, and everybody like, what the fuck's wrong with this? Can I curse on the show? Yeah, yeah of course you, you know? can. Do you don't want me to? Okay, yeah, no, no. so like you just show up and they're like, hey, everybody's bringing rosé and stuff, and you're like, hey, I got a, uh, I whipped up a batch of eggnog. Happy Fourth of July. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, I, I let that sit in the sun for an hour or two. Oh, I, I want to be milk. that guy now. You get that milk b- bubbling, little little warm milk. Ooh, and eggs. Mm. Just want to be that guy showing up parties with eggnog in the middle of the summer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it. I promise. Oh. Yeah. 
Dan doesn't come here to talk about eggnog for the most part, at least he can for now. But listen, Dan came on here because he has a film that he just cannot stand for the life of him. And a few people were trying to float this idea past me. And with Dan, I said, fuck it, let's do it. Dan has chosen the 1999 absolute mega hit, The Blair Witch Project. At the time, a 99 budget of $60,000. A box office haul of the time, $248.6 million. Turn that into 2022 money, I did. $99,700 budget, a $413.5 million gross. By far and away, by far and away, the most profitable film of all time. That is a crazy. <laughs> Isn't it? I know. I saw it in the theater. I'm sure Delvin did too. Dan, I, I'll assume you as yes, well. I did. I did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And look, let me let me say this before we before we get there. Before we get I, to the whole whole shebang. Don't okay. don't don't start firing those cannons yet. We're going to talk about right. IMDb score. IMDb, as we know, is a scale one through ten with decimal points. Dan is our guest. Dan, I ask you, what do you think the Blair Witch Project has scored? On the old IMDb scale. What's the scale go to? Is it one, one, one to ten one with to decimal points? Right. One to ten with decimal points. Six point eight. Delvin Cox. I'm gonna be the asshole from the price is right and be like six point six. Well, Delvin Cox, the price is right method worked. It is six point five. Oh wow. Right there. See? Great minds think alike, Delvin. Yeah. Facts. Let's go to Delvin right now. Delvin, Rotten Tomatoes score, as you know, is 1 through 100. What do you think the critics gave Blair Witch Project? I'm going to say 82. Dan Dunn. Hmm. Critics, let's see. I remember it being kind of mixed, so I'm going to go 72. 86. Wow. Wow. I think, I I think Ebert loved this, didn't he? Uh, you tell me. I, I, I didn't focus on him, but uh, yes. I don't recall that. Yeah. Oh, wow. So the critics, am, critics loved it. I'm floored that they loved it this much. Now, back to you, Dan Dunn. What did the audience give this score? Ooh. Uh, just, mm, do they like it more than the critics? Because I think some people love this film, but I also feel that there are people. T- I'm going to go 81. Delvin Cox. I'm going to say, because the audience score usually like on a horror movie is either really high or really low. So I'm going to say it's not too bad. I'm going to say 70, 75. You're way off. 56%. Oh, okay. Wow. See? I can't Okay, this is going to go to my my main observations of the movie. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I, this does speak to my sort of general big observation about this film. Quotes. How are you going to get the data across? They said that about three or four different times. And that's all I picked up from yes. the quotes because this film is not quotable one bit. How about no. you? How about you, Dan? Any other quotes pop out at you? No, I just rewatched it like uh, two weeks ago in preparation for this and honestly no <laughs> no there, Delvin, not, not there's no there's no great i mean if you go back in the pantheon of horror movies 
you know, you can quote lines from most of the big ones, but not not this one. But maybe because it's just intentionally all over the place. Delvin, how about yourself? Anything jump out at you? I wrote down some quotes because I was intensely watching the movie. So I, I got some quotes. All right. Think of the joy of being in a really good film. That was an actual quote in this film. And you wrote that down. That's what I'm more surprised at. Oh, it's a, it's a reason I wrote it down. Okay. All right. I don't know if that would fall under the memorable quotes. Uh, yeah, thing. I agree with Dan on that one. That's uh, that's a little bit dodgy. Uh, we'll get to that. All right. All right. Carry on. What else you got on that? I think it's safe to say at this point we are lost, which mm-hmm. they also said quite a few times. Mm. Okay. And also my other favorite line is not the same log, Mike. When they kept passing that same, when they got lost, lost. Yeah. yes. You, you know, yeah, I mean, look, it's 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 no. Here's Johnny. It's nah. no. I mean, think of some of the great, you know, lines from horror. You know, it's from Stephen King movies, and 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 you know, even if you were to throw, I mean, if you throw Jaws in there, kind of scary. You know, like this was no boating. Like, there's just, but I think part of it is because the actors were intentionally playing it as though they're not actors. So maybe they're not really dramatically delivering lines. That's giving them credit. Yeah, that's way, just, that, that, that's way too meta, Dan. I appreciate that angle, but that is way too meta for this film. Okay. You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Five fun facts. The three main actors were paid. Why don't you fellas take a guess? How much do you think these actors were paid a day? $5 and a pack of bubble gum. Okay. Dan? 200 bucks a day. $1,000 a day. It, w- it, was wow. an, it was an eight-day shoot. <laughs> wow. uh, Donahue, Michael C. Williams, and Joshua Leonard made a lot more in the years after the Blair Witch Project was released. Williams claimed he ended up with about $300,000. Good for him. That's good. In residuals. Is, all in, yeah. Which is five okay. times the film's budget. Go figure. Uh, number two, the actors used GPS trackers to find their instructions for the day. Production programmed weight points in the GPS unit for the actors to locate milk crates with three little plastic containers in them. Each plastic canister contained notes on where the story was going for each actor who would not show the other actors their paper. From that point, they were free to improvise the dialogue, provided they, uh, they followed the general instructions given to them. That's actually pretty cool. Didn't know that. Uh, I like it. I'm not aware of this. It's a sca- it's a scavenger hunt to do a job. That's what really cracks me up. Does someone need yeah. like does someone need like a compass to go to do like a Taco Bell eight hour shift? I don't think that's necessary. <laughs> that's not me. Night. Uh, well, I just kind of said it. Nineteen hours of footage was edited down to ninety minutes. The first cut, though, two and a half hours. Oh. I would have committed suicide if I had to watch that movie for two and a half hours. Yeah, that would have been I, the end. I would have stood in the woods and yelled for the witch yeah. to take me, take Begged me. Begged for that witch to come. Yeah, yeah. please make it stop. I, uh, a lot of people, number four, a lot of people thought the three actors were actually dead. Artisan, the now defunct studio that bought the rights to the film, went great lengths to keep Donahue, Leonard, and Williams away from the press for a time and did not correct websites like IMDb that claimed the actors were deceased. Donahue's mother even received sympathy cards. I remember this. 
I remember all of this. People thought that the whole thing was real. That's kind of why it blew up because everybody was like, oh, we got to see this. This is real footage. Yeah. Yeah. It's called a lawsuit, dummies. That doesn't happen. Number five, and this is no surprise, some moviegoers got physically ill because of the shaky camera work. The regional director of Lowe's Cineplex Entertainment estimated that, on average, one person got sick per screening and asked for a refund. Well, yeah, that's, again, I have a lot of thoughts about this movie, but one, one of the, okay, first is, I understand that this is an important movie. I look at this movie and for various reasons in terms of being obviously a found footage movie spawned a lot of found footage movies, the amount of money that it was made for and the amount of money it made also a big part of it was like blurring the lines between fiction and reality, right? Like we just talked about, like people thought they were really dead all of, for a lot of reasons, this is an important movie. And I acknowledge that. And it, and it, really was groundbreaking in so many ways. I don't enjoy watching the movie. And one of the primary reasons is I get mad motion sickness. And that movie made me nauseous in the theaters. Like I had to stop. I had to look down. I didn't leave, but I had to stop watching it on the screen because of the shaky camera work was really messing with my equilibrium. And if you thought that gave you motion sickness, watch the highlights of the 2009 World Series where the Yankees beat the Phillies. That'll really do you in. Oh, my God. That would be bad. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> but listen, that's one of Dan's highlights. But before we get to more of those, let's go to the audience. Dan, Delvin, you saw this on Twitter where we ask a gutter, where the audience gets gutter. to come on and ask you questions. So at Newark Night, Brandon Oglesby, if you were in a found footage movie, what would be more embarrassing for you people to see? Your nose running as you cried, screaming your head off as you run to, run into the woods, or pissing your pants from terror? What would be more embarrassing to yes. see myself doing? Yep. I mean, all of that sounds fun. I would love to see my, pissing my pants would be funny. And what was the other one? My nose running? Yeah. Yeah. So look about that. And yeah, what, was the third, what was the other one? The not other much one embarrasses me. Yeah. I'm not embarrassed by screaming, much, yeah. screaming your head off as you run into the woods. Yeah. If you're not embarrassed by the one story no. you told in Corolla with the, the VR porn helmet, gonna not, say, nothing's going to yeah, stop you. No. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you scream? You're, it's You're scared. You're in the woods. Yeah. It's the natural reaction. Yeah. That, you know, Brandon, usually hit them one in the head. This one, a little bit of a, a little bit of a swing and a miss, but I know you'll bounce back for the next one at Lord Snurts. Would Scooby and the gang have solved the Blair Witch mystery? And who would be under the mask during the big reveal? Oh, that's a good question. That's deep. I, um, well, like the Blair Witch, and I don't want to let this uh, listener down, but Scooby's not real. Oh, yeah. Sorry. What? Scooby's but, not real. Shaggy, although I did, speaking of uh, my VR porn and all that, I did recently watch a parody uh, of uh, Scooby Doo uh, porn. Was Shaggy, Shaggy very wrong? <laughs> 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 no, I'm not kidding. It, it just came across it and, they were, and they're like, oh, Shaggy. And it was Velma and what was the other one's name? Daphne. Daphne and Velma. Scissoring. Had with Shaggy. And Shaggy 
man, Shaggy's got some junk down there. Yeah, he's going on. Shaggy's Sorry. got Shaggy's got a scrappy do hanging down there. Shaggy's got a loggy. Uh, yeah. How, how dare you watch such wait, filth wait. and not tell me where it's at? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's on the. It's called the internet. Yeah. Well, uh, who would have been revealed? Well, I mean, what? That's the whole thing. I just felt like the movie disappoints. Like there's no real resolution to it. There's no, I don't, it didn't scare me. All right. All it, right. Don't get too deep into your own weeds before I, we start. I have an answer. Okay. Who is it? Paris Hilton. Okay. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Does she reveal her, does she reveal her, her, take the mask off and you see a big cold herpes sore in there? Cause it was that time of month for an yes. outbreak. That is the Blair Witch. Allegedly. <laughs> By the way, when Dan, when you watched that porno with Scooby-Doo, did Shaggy leave a trail of Scooby snacks all over Velma's glasses? <laughs> It was, <laughs> the Scooby snacks were flying. Yeah. That was, uh, and, and let I me don't get. I think I watched it. I didn't watch to the end. I don't like my porn. Do we watch any porn to the end? Is that a thing? I don't like yes, my yes, porn. I don't I like did. my movies to be gimmicky. Okay. Right. Blair Witch is a gimmicky movie, right? Right. And I don't like my porn to be gimmicky. I like straight, okay. forward, linear narratives that are yes. that are not reliant upon tricks. I uh, I have another thing. I have another guess. I assume that Fred was wearing a kerchief and then decided to hang himself auto autoerotic asphyxiation style at the end when those two were getting banged out by Shaggy. True or false? Uh, that could have happened. If not, <laughs> she get on making that follow up scene. I love my own ideas that go nowhere. Yeah, I actually <laughs> had to watch. I had to watch a porno for a porno podcast. And let me get. Let me tell you, folks. Would you believe that there is a two and a half hour Saved by the Bell parody film with including bloopers? I'm pausing. That sounds that awful. You know what? The dialogue is laughable. What's a porno blooper? Uh, what is? I can what imagine what a porno a, blooper. Give me an example is. of a porno blooper. I think pulling the dick out and find a little bit of a Hershey kiss on the end of it. That's something. Oh would, yeah. man! Maybe. Like wrong hole would yeah. wrong hole be yeah. a blooper? Um, wrong hole I mean, or right hole it depends. What premature team ejaculation? I guess would be a blooper, yeah. right? Or, it in the eye, probably or, a blooper. Or my favorite is I watched one and in the middle of banging, someone farted. I tried, I watched like the Zapruder film 18 times to figure out which one farted, but someone farted and neither broke character to tell you what kind of level professionals we're dealing with here, gentlemen. There you wow. go. This is. It might Next. have been people from the Blair Witch. Did they even go on to do anything else after Blair Witch? No, no. In fact, I, I remember reading, it didn't make the five fun facts, the girl started becoming a, a, a weed grower, like a professional like hemp grower. The other guys, obviously, I don't think they did act anymore. Whatever. I, I, but oh, I, remember re I remember reading she decided to do uh, get into weed growing. Next, at They Call This a Movie, what is your favorite cryptoid urban legend, and are there any good movies about them? Cryptoid? Wait. Yes. Cryptoid urban legend. I don't know what that means. I'm just reading this shit as I see it, Dan. I don't know what that means. Just so urban legend. Let's just call it urban legend. Oh, oh right. it's an urban legend? Yeah, just basically. Cryptoid. I don't know. What they are. I mean, well, you mean, okay, so like the Blair Witch. Um, Where I grew up in Philadelphia, there was a decommissioned uh, mental uh, hospital called Byberry. Mm -hmm. And everybody in philly there were lots of tales of satanists that haunted that were there and they also could conjure ghosts and so going to byberry 
was very scary. Like we, I remember going there one time when I was about 12 years old with my friends at night. And usually it was just like teenagers drinking and shit, you know, but they would scare kids if you came there. So the Byberry was kind of like our Blair witch thing. I like it. I'm surprised that uh, Darren Dalton and Lenny Dykstra did not take many groupies back there and have sex in those hollow grounds. Could have happened. <laughs> might have. Lenny, especially. Yeah. Or Kent DeColvey holding the camera for everybody. Yeah. At Race to Canis Almighty Ray, Blair Witch got scary only in its last 30 seconds. Good choice to gut. Question. If they found your final footage, Dan, what would they see on that tape? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I just was thinking about that the other day. I had this morbid thought about um, what if, you know, I just, what was I watching? I, okay. I was watching six feet under an episode of that. And you know, at the, I don't know if you remember that show, but in the beginning of that show, someone died in the beginning. Surprise. And some of the deaths were just nuts. Like one was a guy was looking at his mail and he was walking down the steps and not paying attention and while reading his mail and slipped and broke his neck and died. And it was like, just like that. And that it struck me that what if something happened, I don't know, got electrocuted or whatever, what would be left behind that would be incriminating? So I don't know if it's found footage, but it would be like when people came into my house, what would they find? And should I be cleaning this stuff up in anticipation of that? You know, like, do I have, any, and I don't know if I do have anything weird. Based off of this nope. conversation, it's probably your VR headset. Uh, that, yeah. <laughs> I, the VR headset is probably, no, nah, I got weirder things than that, probably, where people oh, okay. would think, oh, but I'm not going to talk about them here. Um, <laughs> the, hard, the hard drive's the obvious answer for everybody involved. Yes. Right? Or, or, or memory. What's the rules on that? Are they allowed to just go into your computer? No. Unless it, you, unless there's a subpoena or a warrant or whatever, whatever it is. But you wouldn't give a shit because you're dead. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, who cares? Yeah. Okay. Next question. Uh, something, something cast. If both of both of your podcasts were to suddenly disappear, which episode would you want to be found years later in the woods of Burkittsville? Mm. Um, this one? No. Um, because it was about that. No, totally. <laughs> Uh, no, I would say, uh, what a man, I don't know. I'm for my podcast, what we're drinking. Yeah. Um, geez, I like a lot of those episodes. I, I, I was just did my year in review. I, I mean, I like Brian Cranston's always been a fun guest. We've had him on. Matthew McConaughey was a great guest. Uh, Pitbull, I don't know, Ali. some fun ones. Yeah. Yeah. One All of right. the good ones, I hope. Oh, yeah. we just had uh, Glenn Howerton. From It's Always Sunny was on, and that was a really that was a fun episode. So if they found that, I'd be like cool with it. They'd think, all right, this show's not bad. God damn it! You should have asked them when's this new season gonna drop of It's Always Sunny. It's been so long. It's annoying. Well, they're not even starting until January. I don't think shooting. Ugh, <laughs> too long for my liking. Uh, and I think that's gonna wrap it up for Ask a Gutter. So there we have it. And because no one in podcast listens to the end of episodes, Dan. Tell us your plugs. What were you up to? Where, do you, where can we find you? All that good stuff. Oh, okay. Well, you can find me on Instagram at the Imbiber, T-H-E-I-M-B-I-B-E-R. Also on Twitter at that same handle for now. I keep threatening to leave Twitter, but I don't know if I'm going to. Um, and then my podcast is available everywhere. Podcast stream. I'm on Corolla. 
every month. I'm going to be doing the show with Adam in Philly, January 6th, which is interesting day to be doing that. And then my show, January 5th. <laughs> At the, I know, especially the Corolla show. Um, and then, <laughs> as Kevin knows, he'll be coming to my live recording of what we're drinking with Dan Dunn at the Stand Comedy Club on January 5th in New York City. The killer lineup of comedians. And I don't know. That's all I have. My rest of my life is boring. You should storm the steps at Philadelphia on January 6th <laughs> to reenact it. We're taking January 6th back. It's not going to be about insurrection. It's going to be about um, me and Corolla drinking. In and, then, and then climbing the, atop the Rocky statue together. Going up those Rocky stairs. Uh, yeah. hold, holding hands like Rocky Three is a gilly frogged in the surf. That was a good time. <laughs> Delvin Cox, where can they find you? What are you doing, buddy? I'm on this podcast. You're goddamn right you are. <laughs> Yeah, oh, but you can man. find me on Twitter at Devin underscore Cox. Check out the Delvin Cox Experience anywhere you get podcasts. Check out, um, play some video games. If you like video games and nerd stuff, check out that. I'm really pretty cool on there. Gutting the Sacred Cow is where you find all this hilarity. Don't forget to go on our YouTube page. Give us a follow, guttingthesacredcow.com for merch. Guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com if you wish to find us there and, uh, and want to advertise with us, of course. And listen, don't forget Fantasy Football Jibber Jabber is on in the metaverse. So when you're done watching, uh, uh, you know, virtual reality poor Dan Dunn, head on over to Fantasy Football Jibber Jabber. Listen to our fantasy football picks and NFL bets. 57% against the spread. This guy is. You're welcome. As well as jokes. God damn it. Fantasy Football Jibber Jabber in the metaverse. And thank you all for hanging out with us every week. And please continue to leave a five-star rating, two or three sentence review. Before Delvin's flashing five, bet your ass. Before we jump into it, we have a little bit of business to take care of. And that, of course, today's episode is sponsored by Pacific Sensei. Pacific Sensei is a boutique farm in Oregon that grows top shelf quality hemp flower. Hemp flower that looks, smells, and smokes like weed, except it's low in THC, so it doesn't get you high. If that's what you're looking for, Pacific Sensei flowers loaded with CBD so you can enjoy the benefits of cannabis without feeling burned out, paranoid, or anxious. Relaxing after work or even at work. Wow, what kind of job do you have to have? Are you going to get to do that on the job? Let me guess, forklift operator, not on that list. A day at the beach or on the go, Pacific Sensei flower is not intoxicating, so it's perfect anytime. Lab tested, very legal, and discreet shipping right on your front door. Pacific Sensei flower is greenhouse grown, seedless, and always fresh. Go to PacificSensei.com. That's Pacific S-E-N-S-I dot com. Use promo code G-T-S-C, as in gutting the sacred cow, for 10% off. That's PacificSensei.com, promo code G-T-S-C for 10% off. And here we go. Dan Dunn, you have been frothing in the mouth like Mickey Rourke trying to get a beer or drink at in Barfly. I know you've seen that a million times. So, Delvin, let's let the man come here and do what he's meant to do. And that is, of course... Gut, gut, the sacred cow. <laughs> God damn, we got that right for once. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Sinking it up. Um, so you want me to tell you about what it, what I don't like about it? everything as you I, don't like about this? As Give I your- as I said, the in terms of cinematic significance, I think it's a very important movie. In terms of a a cinematic experience for me personally i just found it boring 
nausea inducing. I didn't like the characters. I found uh I found the only the one guy, the cinematographer and the and the female character were more abrasive than the tall, skinny guy. But um I just it didn't scare me. It didn't hold my attention. All I kept thinking is, when is this? It was like I was being, sh- like Satan had me and was shaking me like a yoo I'm Stop it. Please make it stop. And what is it? Like, I just want a one genuine scare. And I didn't get one. It just didn't happen in this movie. And so what I think ended up happening was, when you talk about these critics, uh, and that's why I think the audience uh, reviews were down around 50% is the critics were taking into account what this movie meant in the grand scheme of things, how it was going to transform the film industry, which in a lot of ways it did, but who gives a shit when you're there? I'm, when I'm watching a movie, I'm not thinking to myself, you know, in 20 years, we're going to be talking about how important this thing is. I just remember sitting in that theater. The first time I saw it feeling nauseous, feeling like I'd been ripped off. And then when I rewatched it again recently, I didn't get nauseous because it was on my television as opposed to having the big screen right in front of me. But at the same time, I was like, God damn, is this a boring movie? And the actors weren't good. I'm assuming a lot of the extras were just normal people that they grabbed. Uh, Maybe (laughs) they didn't seem like they were actors. No, they did not. That's why I'm laughing. And I know that the aesthetic of the film was intentionally low budget and they were shooting it on, I believe it was on high eight. So video, I don't know, man, I want my movies to be more of an experience. Even, even crappy movies, like I don't want to say crappy Marvel movies. Cause we talked about this, Kevin off the air, but right. even movies that I don't have a lot of interest in, if they look good and they sound good and the people that are in them, understand the concept of acting all right fine give you an a for effort this one just kind of bugged me didn't scare me made me sick felt like they ripped me off i'm spending what, what would a movie it cost back then 99 Ten uh bucks? I, was eight, I was say eight or nine yeah right around eight or nine there. bucks sure yeah, yeah. that was a three dollar movie that's oh. what i'd say wow. i felt like they owe me five bucks <laughs> And you know what? If they somebody, if somebody from the Blair Witch Project is listening, will send me five dollars. All's forgiven. I'll come back on here and say I like the movie. That means they would, <laughs> they would, they would only have four hundred thirteen million five hundred thousand nine hundred ninety nine ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety five. Right. You know, and, and, and listen, man. Critics are like assholes. Everybody's got one, and it's. I know that there's a lot of people out there that in, did enjoy this movie. I. It's the same thing as this is directly spawned what was the one parano- uh, paranormal paranormal activity. activity paranormal yeah. activity same thing boring i was bored this isn't scaring yeah. me like Can I, I don't yeah. i want to state the obvious don't you think the idea to have such shitty actors and in, in horrible footage is that's what it is supposed to be if you were to see professional actors acting out in the or even quasi or even community college actors in the middle of the woods carrying on you go this is a goddamn plan. I'm out of it. I'm 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 tapping out. I just don't buy it. So to have them like, like a bunch of monkeys fucking a football out there with their with their antics and harp, I'll get to the dialogue, all that, it would be out of character for them to again have any semblance of a polish on this film. 
No, but this is what I'm saying is right. the whole idea was they were trying to blur the lines. Is this real? Is it fake? But it was fake. We all know this. They were actors. As you mentioned, they were paid a thousand dollars a day. They were not good actors at acting like they were not acting. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There's been, you know, there's been actors that have done, there's been other found footage movies that have come along. Uh, a great example, like a, like a project X, right? Right. Uh, those were real actors in that movie. Miles Teller was in that movie. Oliver Cooper was in that movie. There's, and a lot of the actors that were in that film have gone on to do other things and become successful actors, most notably Miles Teller. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a, there's an art to that. There's an art to playing someone who's not playing someone. Well, and I don't think this. that I don't think that the actors in this film were very good. Let me ask you this. Because I think it's an important aspect to ask you. Just, just to push back just a little bit. If people actually believe this was real, then does that mean the actors did their job? Because like, like, like Kevin said before, a lot of people thought this was real. They were sending the, the family like condolence letters and stuff like that. No, I think it just means a lot of people are stupid in, in, in America. No offense, to, no offense to the stupid people out there, although they won't know that it's them that I'm calling stupid. Right. Here, here's the thing. I agree. The proof is in the pudding. You said it earlier. None of the three principals went on to ever do anything again. They were in one of the most successful movies of all time, and yet they could not parlay that into professional career in the movies. That tells you every because if there's I live in Hollywood and trust me, there's one thing I know. If you're part of a hit, they want you. Because then the the, fil- the the film industry wants you because then that covers their ass. Oh, well, we cast her. She was in one of the most successful movies ever made. It's not my fault that our other, but they can't act. So, and I'm sure that became, dead. what's that? <laughs> maybe they thought she was dead. <laughs> maybe, maybe they bought it. Maybe they were so good that they're like, yeah, these were, they were real. Um, so you're, you're, are you trying to say they Kaiser Soze this shit? I just think they, I just think that. I, I would have liked to have seen this exact concept executed with better actors, maybe a little bit more direction and a little bit more purpose in terms of the scares. I know that they were, you said they were leaving clues. A lot of it was improv improv. The problem with the improv is if you don't have people that are really good at that, I just think with some better, with a better cast, maybe they would have conjured some more scares, some more frights, some more, I just, you know, I want my horror movies to scare me. Sorry. This one didn't scare me. Right. I want them to not make me motion. I don't want them to give me motion sickness. This one did. I want to feel like there was a little more time and effort put in. The it's man too haphazard. The man who says he doesn't want motion sickness, but straps on VR goggles to jerk off. That, my friend, is a conundrum. <laughs> that, well, there's not a lot. I'm not moving too much, you know. <laughs> By the way, anybody listening out there, if you're wondering, like, on the Corolla show a while back, a year a year or so ago, I had I talked about the fact that during COVID, a friend recommended getting VR goggles because it will change the way that you um, watch porn. And so I did that. And for about three weeks, I was fascinated. And then the whole ritual of doing it really became a pain in the ass, like having to put the thing on and sit up. And because you, when you're, you got to like be able to, you got to be able to look down. It's, it doesn't work. 
You have to put everything in arm's reach. Like you can't put the lube in your hand first and then the goggles on because then you get shit everywhere. Well, you got to hold the hand. You got handles too. Move around, and you know. So then you got to have the left handle handle because I'm right-handed, and the other the right hand is you know lubed up, and you don't want to get lube all over your (laughs) your controller because then you got to you know fuck your controller up. Ah. Things that you would have told me back when I had a com- when I had a Commodore sixty four, I said, "Get the fuck out of here." Yeah. Can you imagine taking your controller to GameStop and say, "Hey, yeah. can you fix this?" It has lube all over. It it looks like a telephone wire from pigeon shit. That's what it would look like. <laughs> it is funny that you bring you bring that up, Kevin. Though is how spoiled we are now because I remember the early days of the internet where we had the modem. And you would download a photo and be like a photo of a, of a, a naked woman. And remember it would slowly get the down. Mm-hmm, you start mm-hmm. to see it's coming down. There it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. Oh, there's the boob. Keep going. Stomach. Keep coming. And it would take that picture about two minutes to, to download. Yes. Two. You and must be exciting. rich. <laughs> yeah. I had a fast modem. <laughs> yeah. I had a 28, eight. And I would go, Oh my God, I can, I can get a, the same picture in the mail in shorter time. <laughs> As long as long as mom and dad didn't pick up the phone, oh my god, Dan. Any more any more points about uh, why Blair Witch sucks coming from you? Or is that it? I, I I just think that you know, yeah. No, those are the general points. It should have been scarier, much mm-hmm. scarier. It could have been much scarier. It could have the acting could have been better. It meandered a bit. You, you talked about it being ninety minutes. The original cut being two and a half. This could have been a really interesting short. And I mean that, like if they would have done it as a, maybe a 45 minute. Now I get why they didn't do that because you can't release it in the movies and they wouldn't have made $400 million or whatever they made. Kudos to them. But I don't know. (laughs) I I thought this, I thought upon the rewatch, I might think differently and go, you know what? This was, uh, this movie creatively was better than I remembered it being, but it wasn't. I kind of, it felt like a chore watching it again. And that's not what I want from my, that's not what I want from, if a movie feels like a chore, it de- deserves to be gutted. That's what I say. That's so, a spirit. That's why I'm gutting it. Give me a number one to 10. What are your thoughts on this film? Number one to 10. What am I rating it? Yeah. What are you rating give it? it a, yeah. I'll give it some points for historical significance and for how it did usher in some changes to the film industry that I think were necessary. Cause another point that I didn't bring up that's a positive is I think this was the first time that, or one of the first times that film like young filmmakers could go, Oh, wow. I, could do I don't that. need to be part of the system in order to make a movie. Right. I could just make a movie and man, did that ever usher in some really, really talented people. I don't know the timeline but even like Soderbergh had done Sex, Lies, and Videotape for mm-hmm. hardly any money, very similar type fashion. But that's what I'm saying. Soderbergh, and I think Sex, Lies, and Videotape predates this movie. Oh, yeah. Maybe. That was 88. Okay, yeah. And But again, really, really low budget, really, you know, not, but done well. Close. This one had the elements. They just didn't quite all work together. But again, for ambition... I'll give them four points just for ambition. Significance, I'll give them one. So I'll give it a five. Five. That's fair. Okay. Uh, by the way, fun facts. I, I, did any of you guys see Blair Witch 2? No. Which one? That was, uh, an, it script, that was a scripted 
version, right? I heard yeah. it was awful. But Book it, of it, Shadows it, or the other yeah, actual Book, Book, sequel Book, of Book of Shadows. One. Book of Shadows. Yeah, I saw it in the theater because I was, what, 20, 22? Yeah, 22. And dumb, I guess. I uh, I paid to see this in the theater. I walked out saying, oh, my God, that is a manatee-sized abortion. In case you're wondering, it had a $15 million budget and brought in $47.7 million. That is insane. Uh, four out of 10 on IMDb and a 14% of Rotten Tomatoes. It all adds up. Terrible movie. Yeah, it's it's. A, I couldn't even tell you one thing about it except I walked out and go, God damn it, I should have seen American Pie 2 again. Anyway, <laughs> classic. Delvin Cox, why don't you get in the batter's box and take a few swings at this? Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. All right. Listen to speak, Mr. Goatee. Granted. Can I say what I want to say? You know the drill. I've been holding this in for a while since <laughs> fucking Sunday. I'm going to tell a little story. Oh, good. I love Kevin Goatee. I love you, too. He's my friend. Me, too. My dear, dear friend. Thank you. So when he messaged me, because I'm, I'm supposed to be on a podcast vacation. I take my break around this time. So he messaged me like, hey, buddy, want to come host this episode with me? Like, fuck yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'll stop for Goatee. I said, what movie is it? Fucking Blair Witch. <laughs> I said, fuck. I gotta watch this bullshit again. So, I strap in. I go watch it. As I'm watching it, I'm texting Kevin Goatee, this movie fucking sucks. <laughs> I fucking hate this movie. This movie is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Worse than Avatar? Yes, by far. Wow. I wrote so many notes about this movie, how much I fucking hate this terrible, awful movie. I know you were saying about history and stuff like that. Fuck that. This movie stinks. It is bad. It's, what, it's an hour and a half. It felt like I was watching this shit for three hours. The, the, the whole movie it's just them walking around and talking. Oh, sound, you that sound, sounds like Lord of the Rings to me. Yeah, but you don't get the payoff of Lord of the Rings. So I it's know. even worse. I'm teasing. I know. You're just walking around. Oh, no, let me tell you about some of the riveting conversations. One of the conversations about Mike's chest hair. A whole 10 minute argument about a map. Oh, they found a dead mouse. Oh, yeah. The, the best part of the movie, the clearly the, this Pulitzer Supplies movie, what the fuck you want to call it? Heather taking a piss. Right. Yeah. These are all actual scenes of this movie. I can't get mad at her taking a piss, a cop and a squat, because that's what people do with dumb shit. When you have a camera on and someone does something like that, I go, ah, gotcha. I mean, listen, I had a, I have a video of me wiping my ass in my shore house. My buddy pops through the bathroom window outside filming me, and I give him a play-by-play. -play. I go, look at that. One, not that bad. Here's number two, not that bad. Three, <laughs> we're done. <laughs> LBI 1999. Can't wait. Go, go ahead, Delvin. So for a movie that's supposed to be found footage, that's a lot of goddamn camera cuts in this. Who the fuck edited this movie? <laughs> like, did the Blair Wishes say, you know what? Since these kids are dead, let me edit this for them and put it out. 
Like, how did they get all this editing and all this creative? Did they edit it while they were being chased? Did they edit it while they were, were they dead? Did the ghost edit it? How the fuck did this movie get so edited in a perfect way that where the police just can find it and put it out there? Get the fuck out of it. It, it all yeah, you couldn't even suspend your disbelief for that. You're like, yes. nope. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. They should have had a, they, they should have had the Judd Apatow cut of this, the two and a half hour real version, or the nineteen hour real version. I mean, there's no character development though. Zero. Yeah, no. just Zero. none. And and I, I just doesn't that have to happen in a movie? Don't the characters need to be changed in some way for it to matter to you? Memorable, memorable, and likable. The plot, there's no discernible plot, really. I mean, or unlikable for that matter, Delvin. They could be hated, they could be loved. They had to be something. They were all yeah. nondescript. Like they could all apply to be FBI agents and no one would know why they passed because no one would recognize them in a crowd. Or they would care. That's true. Let I me could, ask you continue. a question. Yeah, sure. If all three of us, three we're three good looking gentlemen who relatively smart. Uh, if sure. we were gonna go look for the Blair Witch. What are some things? What are one of the things that you think you'd carry with you? I carry uh, a set of car keys and drive the fuck away, and you two would go find that because I don't play that shit in the woods. Thank you. That's a good answer. Thank you. I would have had some sort of weapon. Yep. That's a good. Um, that's a great answer. A knife at the very, very least. I mean, you're out in the woods. You just don't know. You know, there was that scene early on where they encountered the two guys. Who the hell know? Like, who's out there? Yes. You can't be out in the wilderness without any sort of. Did they have any? I don't remember them having, uh, you know, a means of contacting the outside world. Really, no. no it was ninety nine. Cell phones were barely around. I had my. I borrowed my dad's when I was in college for a minute. But oh, I have an answer. Two answers. Ready? Bear, bear spray, and lube. I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do with either of them. <laughs> I have a simple answer for both of you guys. All right. Flashlights. That's true. Why did yes. nobody fucking have flashlights? You're in the fucking forest or whatever the fuck you want to call it. No one has a flashlight, a lantern, nothing. You know what you're out there for. You pack supplies clearly to do this. You don't have anything, so I got to sit here and watch fucking an hour of you in fucking darkness moaning and shit. Get the fuck out of here. Wow. Yeah. How the fuck you plan for something and you don't have flashlights? I, I, I tell you thing. what, I, I'll, 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 I'll play devil's advocate. The flashlight would be the light on the camera. That's what they could use that for. No, I'm not buying that bullshit. I'm just, all right. Well, that is, no, no, no. Throwing if it out going, there. If you're going camping and you're going to make fire and shit like that, you're going to at least have a flashlight, a lantern, or some shit like that. Unless you're a goddamn junior woodchuck. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. Nobody does that shit. This movie is fucking stupid. Oh, I'm watching this yeah. shit. It's so bad that most of the scenes got the shaky cam like Michael J. Fox is holding the camera the whole movie. And then you can't see shit half of the movie. It is badly made. And the fact that they caught so many people out of their goddamn money to watch a two, almost a two-hour movie where nothing happens. Absolutely nothing happens. And the worst thing about it, which drives me more crazy about it is, you can explain everything we saw in that video. You can explain. And I'm going to give you a simple answer. Crackheads. Oh, and this would be good. Think about it. Uh-huh. They go to it. They, they, they go in the forest. They find some weird rocks just scattered everywhere. Is the weird rocks? Crackheads. They go to an abandoned building. I think you're confusing by- the rock. I think you're confusing the rocks that crackheads are interested in. <laughs> With rocks they probably, in the forest. They yeah. probably thought they were the same thing. Let's what, what about the rock himself, Dwayne Johnson? How would he play? 
Because yeah. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they could smell what he's cooking in another campsite away. <laughs> but Delvin, they, it is along the lines of what I said about Byberry. Like, that was the scary thing was that there were like teenagers out there, you know, graffiti and doing drugs and all the shit that were being attributed to Satanists and, and whatnot. So I think probably the same. Yes. They were attributing crackhead behavior to the Blair Witch. Yeah, they go into the house, the, the kill, the, clearly the crack house. They see all this stuff written on the walls and stuff like that. Then they get attacked by an unknown force. It's a crackhead. Crackhead, crackhead attacked him and killed him. Looking Simple for explanation. Huh. Yeah. Who's that, cra- who, who that, Tyrone Biggums in the crack house? Probably. Okay, but now I will, I'll go back to you. But wouldn't the crackheads then have taken the camera equipment and sold, sold it? it. To yeah. buy more crack. <laughs> so that might, there could be a hole in your argument yeah, right that's there. That's a good point. Crack or, would not have left that shit behind. That's valuable. Or cut the lens out and smoke crack through the camera. Yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah, you see, know how that- much crack you could buy off a, ca- a high eight camera? At a DAT machine? Even oh, though it probably. Got- even though it got, it got water in it, apparently. <laughs> this is our own movie we're writing here, guys. It's a lot. This is, this is high comedy. What else you got, Delvin? Anything else? Well, the big scene, the, the quote-unquote big scene in the movie where Heather gives this big-ass dumb speech in the camera. She's all snotty nose and stuff like this. Irks me so much for this simple reason. The, the last time she talked in the camera, she put the camera down so she was completely in focus. This time she has the camera way on her fucking face so we can see her nostrils. Can't see what she's saying. Why did she just put the camera down? Why? Actor's choice. <laughs> I don't know. She found some crack. Yeah, that's why yes. her nose. She she came across some of that crack, and that's why the nose is all runny. She's jittery. <laughs> she's she's all <laughs> fucked up. She can't figure out what to do with the camera. She wanna see people scratching her wrist and having blood coming. She's scratching so hard. I do think you're onto something here, Delvin. I do believe the entire movie was really about crack now. <laughs> yes, I, I think so. It was about crack. Mystery now. solved. Yeah. Blair Witch this, Project solved. This is a hillbilly version of New Jack City without Nino Brown. <laughs> Hilarious. Well, there we go. A, a whole yeah, bunch of poopies. <laughs> Delvin, what all, you done? You got a number for me or are you done? The number I give this film. Oh, come on. I already know what this is going to be. You already know what it is. It's a fucking zero if I know you. I'm gonna be generous. Oh, you said that. Oh, a one. one. Okay. I fucking hate one. this movie. This wow. movie is awful. Oh, it is God. badly made. It is badly written. Did they even write this shit? What the fuck did they do? It is terrible. It's nothing about this movie good. I don't even see how people got conned into seeing this movie. I, I agree. <laughs> Dad, you should get your money back. America should get their money back. Don't ever watch this movie. I don't ever want to see this movie a fucking again. That's you know, one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. You know what I learned? I need to find out who that marketing department was behind this film and hire them and get this. That way they get yes. this podcast out to the masses and then <laughs> more so. The Kevin that, Goatee. Uh, yeah, I'm going to find that market. That's how I'm going to make my money here. The Kevin Goatee Project. <laughs> Bet your ass. These notes brought to you, of course, by guttingthesacredcow.com. And, of course, don't forget, grab a merch, a hat bag, cell phone holder, whatever. Who cares? Just come by and say hi. Thanks again for giving us an hour of your week all the time. Notes. Heather looks like Christina Applegate's uglier sister. <laughs> I almost got a spit take out of you, Delvin. Shit. If they weren't doing a documentary, they'd easily be confused for improv students because their repartee is viciously annoying. Yeah. Yep. 
the kid the kid picking his nose with the mullet is the embodiment of maryland folk i like the story of the blair witch seven kids are in that house who got killed all of them stand in a corner while the first one goes hey assholes run they can't catch you all remember you don't have to outrun the lion you just have to outrun the fat kid by the way do you realize if baby had been there None of this would have happened because nobody, <laughs> nobody puts baby, baby in the corner. Baby, <laughs> there's a movie quote like sticks it. right out for you. I like baby would have been like, "Fuck you, Blair Witch." Dan, yeah. that was a, that was a two old fastball. Is not going to miss. Thank you. Like <laughs> the woman who lived in that trailer they're interviewing looks like if Iggy Pop was in the middle of transitioning to a woman. Isn't also, he? No. <laughs> Close. <laughs> also, she like she was on the crack, so that yeah. goes back to it. Uh, it's, that's meth. I think that's more meth. Heather Heather needs to shut up and stop interrupting with nothing of value. Who does she think she is? Robin Quivers? <laughs> Got you both. Thank you. Yes. Delvin, over under a number of times, black people watch this movie and said, fucking white people. Uh, a lot. Over. I 75 and a half? 75 and a half. Easily. Minus we one, have a lot of shit white people do, by the way. <laughs> I know that. Minus 175. I'll take the over. I don't care. I'll lay the vig. Okay, here's common sense Kevin chiming in. Are you ready? Okay, I hear weird sounds in the woods, and I am gone. Check that. I don't go into the woods because I'm smart. Uh, about well, now mid- you're, hearkening, you're hearkening back to the old Eddie Murphy. We were talking about white people, black people. Yeah. That was the old Eddie Murphy thing. Yeah. That's the difference between white people and black people in a horror movie. Yeah. White people went into the Amityville horror and they're like, oh, wait. And, he's like, and he said if black people had gone in and done yeah. that and they go, oh, baby, this is the best place ever. But I want to get out. Yeah. Too bad we can't stay. Say. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep. White people are like, now nah, we're moving in. Uh, minute 25, I noted this, I jotted this down. I'm begging for Heather to slip on a log and break her neck instead of listening to her prattle. Oh, yeah, she was Jesus. Wow, oh, you really did. You really don't like Heather. The majority of their conversation is like any married couple when debating if they're lost or not on the highway. <laughs> Piles of rocks outside their tents and nobody hears them. And these dildos don't drop their stuff and immediately leave that doesn't happen i agree why did door the explorer give her map to anybody why would you not hold on to that map if i'm heather why would you yeah. give that to anyone that is your expedition you hold on to that you don't give it especially to a dude you just met that day it's not like it's your buddy that you dragged along some rando Ugh. yeah kicking the map into the creek is something no one in their right mind would ever do. Because if that was me and I was with that person, that person would get a bundle of Blair Witch sticks shoved up their ass so far. Ooh, we could set a fire to it and be seen from Baltimore. How the fuck you kick a map? Yeah, right? Well, yeah, okay, well, I will say this. In, in defense, I will say this. In horror movies, I mean, obviously they skewer this in that Geico commercial where the, why don't we get in the moving car? No, let's go to the chain. It's a staple of horror movies. Of course, they're right. going to do the wrong thing. They have to do the wrong thing in order, which is fine. I'm okay with that. I don't try to apply logic and reason to what people are doing in horror movies as long as the movie is, is scaring me. Yeah. Like, that's all. Like, of course, you're not leaving the house because then the movie would be over. Of course, you're not going to, you know, great example. Movie that scared the shit out of me. The Strangers. That's an excellent movie. Okay, mm, I love. It. I I just love the idea. They're out 
in the middle of the woods during this cat. They could have got out. There were some shit was going on when that girl knocked on the door the first time and was asking, even though she was pretty, but I would have been like, somebody knocked on the door at two o'clock in the morning and we're in the middle of nowhere. Let's get the fuck out of here. Right. Like just in case, let's get out of here. It feels weird to me. And the light bulb getting kept unscrewed little things that would go. I should leave. And of course they're not going to leave because then the strangers would be over. I'm okay with it. I'm okay that they didn't yeah. leave because it scared me. And then didn't he go out for like a pack of smokes or something at one point? Yeah. yeah. And and then there that sets up the scene when Liv Tyler's doing the dishes and you see the guy in the mask behind her. And I'm like, ah, ah. That would not happen in real life. You wouldn't be like, oh yeah, go get smokes at four in the morning after we've already had an unexpected visitor. We're fine. Of course you're not gonna do that. But it worked. You know who worked? See, Crackheads. Yeah, there you go. Back yeah, to that. Back to the, yeah. I mean, I'm, listen, I'm exaggerating. I understand. I'm exaggerating with the don't do that. But can we have a horror film that doesn't just placate just to the dumb tendencies of people? Like something kind of smart would go, eh, most people are not going to do that. I understand you have to set the stage just for the scares, but some of these things you're like, oh, just stop it. Now you take me out of the mix. Okay. Well, if you're a real master, you can set it up in a way where they don't have a choice. Case right. in point, I think I'm saw The Shining. She couldn't leave. There was only one way out, and that was the the snowcat. And he said, go check it out. Go check it out. Because he dismantled the snowcat. Can't get away. Kubrick. Nobody's going to confuse the guys that made this with Stanley Kubrick. By the way, that that film, very overrated. Done in this very podcast. Not scary Nope. Not scary. Oh, my God. I scared it. Well, your name's not Danny. And that was the little kid's name. Yep. And I was like six when I saw it. He's like, Danny Boy with the axe. Yeah. Fucking scary. When he hit Scatman Crothers in the chest with the yeah. axe. Come on, man. That was so, oh, so foreshadowed. Next, listen to the episode, Dan. You might get a kick out of it. Uh, next one, I was really waiting for one of those three to drop a game over, man. Game over. When they saw those stick people in the woods and hang up in the trees, I should say. Uh, I love people going hiking vacations, as I call it, vacation for poor people. You know where you don't get lost? Caribbean beaches, baby. Caribbean beaches. They These three cross more streams here than in Ghostbusters and gay nightclub bathrooms. <laughs> I knew I'd get a hit out of one or both of you, so I'm glad I'm two for two. Hey, you know when I often get frustrated or lost, I, too, sing patriotic songs at the top of my lungs? Yeah. yeah. When they're belting out, God bless America. Okay. Isn't that in the Cub Scout guide? <laughs> uh, I like the one dude who just gave Heather the Heather, the Dennis Hopper-esque pop quiz hot shot treatment. <laughs> Drinking game. Every time they say, turn it off, drink, and punch the person to the right. Oh. Man. <laughs> See? I was going to say, Dan, that for your your podcast, that's a, that's a perfect play in there. Oh, Good. Someone brings a, a bundle of sticks that you could buy on Etsy and drops them in front of your house. Another time to go now. Why go through the whole charade of pulling that dude's tooth and rolling up whatever else they had in there into a whole stick package? They can't hear anything. Obviously, they're dense. Just nail it to her backpack or the tent and you know, do away with the arts and crafts portion of this film. Wouldn't you all just say, well, this isn't fun anymore. 
between her jabbering away and body parts showing, showing up in a bundle of sticks, I'm going to drop all that equipment right there in the creek and begin a brisk to moderate trot in the opposite direction. Instead, they're all shooting the breeze like they're at the quad of their local community college, just never care in the world. Now, too, Dan, I also had something like this in my neck of the woods. There was an abandoned house kind of like this in the middle of Mercer County Park where I grew up. I never went in there, and I sure as hell did not go in there after this movie came out. And now it's demolished. And that's the end of the story that went nowhere fast. <laughs> Much like the movie. Yeah. Her, her constant screaming while looking for the guys doesn't really help her survival odds because she must be terrible in the game of silent ball. Do you boys remember silent ball in school? No, never had that. You sit on your desk, sit on your desk, and someone throws a ball around. And if you drop it, you're out. And if you make a noise or a standing while catching it or anything, you're out. Silent ball. I guess it's a Central Jersey thing. It has to be. I never, I've never heard that a day. All right. Watching this for the first I time. I went to a Catholic school, and uh, a different thing with balls. It was mainly with the priests, <laughs> and they're like, "You better stay silent about this." Me, yeah. Live that dark memory right now. Yeah. Me. <laughs> You say, oh, you Kevin, say, why did you bring it up? <laughs> you say now, dark memory. <laughs> you say dark memory. I don't believe you. Watching <laughs> this for the first time, you were shitting your pants. Stop lying. It had a, set, a solid ending, but this is the sixth sense watered down. The rewatchability is non existent. But look, it's what you expect crappy acting in a found footage film. They set solid parameters. Don't expect good actors, you can't. You're not expecting good dialogue, we didn't get that either. Just like you would expect cheesy one-liners and stuff blowing up in a Schwarzenegger film. This opened the gate for the aforementioned paranormal activity films, like Dan said. This was the OG and the, quote, best of the bunch. I use that in quotes. There is, like I said, zero rewatchability, but I did not despise it as much as I thought I was going to. I thought it moved along at an okay pace. Hour and a half. It's really hard for something to drag an hour and a half, unless the name of that film is Napoleon Dynamite. That, my friends, is outlawed in the Geneva Convention. Yes. I'll never watch this film again, but it's, it has served a purpose. In 1999, this was a seven or eight, depending on the marketing campaign. In 2022, it is a five out of 10 for me as well, Dan Dunn. So we agree. Let's see what those blowhard queefs on Rotten Tomatoes have to say. Critics, five-star reviews. The Blair Witch Project is pretty tame in regards to what it chooses to show you, or more accurately, withhold from showing you. But for its time, it was a significant achievement. One of its great strengths is that it breaks the teenage bloodbath formula. There is not a Jason or Freddy to be found. Instead, Blair Witch is a thinking person's horror film that exploits the imagination's power to terrify. No. A pause for effect. <clears throat> mm -hmm. There was a considerable number of people who went to go see the Blair Witch Project believing it was a documentary. They're called NASCAR fans. That's how... Un <laughs> Thank you. That's how uncommercialized found footage was as a conceit, conceit, excuse me, and how elegantly crafted this movie is. The scariest shots from someone's little high eight camcorder document the students losing their bearings, giving way to panic and finally falling victim, though off screen to ineffably, ineffably, un unphotographic. Oh my God, unphotographably evil presence. I don't like using that word unphotographably. I don't like that. It doesn't flow. Yeah, yeah, I don't like it either. All right. 
sustained. Critics, one-star reviews. Watching the movie gave me the same bewildered feeling I got when I finally when I finally saw A Clockwork Orange in, in college. Quote, this is what the fuss was all about? Funny, I said the same thing about Clockwork Orange when I saw it in film class, but I did not say that the first time that I had sex. <laughs> Next one. A testimony to the power of marketing a film. I said that and I agree. Uh, they want to just scare us by confusing us, disorienting us, and by playing a simple trick on our inner ear. What we have here is a group of kids who scream like banshees, uttering obscenities without a clever piece of dialogue. Hey, if they hate those three things, they must have hated the English patient too. <laughs> Sometimes take shots, stand, and they don't land. What can I tell you? Amazon five-star reviews. Oh, this one's good. Sad part is, I worked with Neil Fredericks on another film, Abominable. Sadly, he died in a plane crash sometime in 2004. Then not, long, then not long after that, I also lost another good friend in 2004, Matthew Diedrich. I am bro I'm heartbroken, and I still am. Great guys, great film. I miss them both. Sign, Lindsey Graham? Oh. <laughs> I, the, guy, he, the guy's running obituaries in an Amazon review. I love... <laughs> Is the irony not lost? Oh, this is great. Or Wait, who? who Neil Fred? Oh, it was the cinematographer. Yeah, and Matthew Diedrich. I didn't Google that because, you know, I've done enough time. Next one. It's a movie. And this is a review. <laughs> this reminds me of the Simpsons episode where Homer's on the couch. goes, this play just turned, this movie just turned into a play. <laughs> <laughs> If you're looking for a truly great horror movie, don't miss this. If you're a film student and want to see excellence in film art, this movie should be studied. And I say, if you speak like this in real life, you are probably a disciple of Dwight Schrute from The Office. Amazon one-star reviews. <laughs> one reviews. The movie wasn't the best, and I remember when it came out, everyone was talking about it. It feels like I'm watching a YouTube creator film. <laughs> I'm much more entertained by YouTube, to be honest. I already bought it and watched it, so no takebacks. Does that mean also no double takebacks, quitsies, or a tramp stamp, a double stamp? I think so. Mm. I'm right? glad I didn't have to pay for this movie, by the way. Uh, I it did. It was on Tubi. Oh, was it? I paid on. I rented on Amazon. For free. Okay, Delvin, we get it. You saved $4. The next one, yeah. I, the only good thing about this movie is the last minute. I remember sitting through it when it first came out and hating it until that last minute, which somewhat redeems it. It's like somebody who can't tell a joke, telling a long, long joke that at the end has a pretty good punchline. My grandson, who's becoming quite the horror aficionado, wanted to see it because of its historical significance. Okay, fine. You owe me a dollar for having to rent this. Think he'll overpay me? Hell no. Kids today. At the end, yeah, it was okay. By the time I was a half hour in, I was just hoping that every single character would die a gruesome death. I actually don't remember if they all did, even on the most recent watching. I hope so. Tell you, tell me if you know that they all died, and I'll bump up my rating to two stars. Signed, The Ghosts of Brittany Murphy. <laughs> I was going to add, did this bitch even watch the new movie? No. <laughs> the fuck did she see? She said the, most, she said the best part was the ending. It doesn't remember the ending. All right, this one is a ramble one, but man, is it good. Thanks for nothing. I saw this when it first came out, immediately demanded a refund from the theater, never got one, and swore off of it for good. Since absolutely nothing happens in this film, I was free to spend time internally debating which character I wanted to kill first, 
Sort of like deciding if you want a million dollars paid out in 20s or 50s. There is no wrong answer. But again, you will have some time to debate because absolutely nothing happens in this film. Some idiot kids go into the woods, shriek a lot, and an old lady makes arts and crafts projects out of twigs and rocks. Oh, and she throws some clothes around. And what if this... And Oh, sorry. And this is what people were fleeing theaters in terror over? Yeah, okay. Hey, did you guys ever go to a movie and demand your money back because you hated what you saw? No. I don't think I have. No. That makes three of us. I always thought that seems was... Like, a- seems like too much of a pain in the ass. Right. Yeah. It's, like, it's, like a, it's like you go to the blackjack table. You know, whoops, guess what? I busted. I got 23. Next time. Next hand. Yeah, that was... I think uh, one time I did have them give me my money back because the movie was so bad. And I didn't even ask for them. I'm like, yeah, here. <laughs> I forgot oh, really? Who, who, I, think it was, I think it was Aliens versus Predator. It wasn't that bad. It's like, what are you talking about? It's a good movie. Yeah, it's not that bad. <laughs> Come on. I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not Napoleon Dynamite or Christmas Story. Delvin Cox, <laughs> did Dan Dunn gut the sacred cow? Yes. Dan, you gut the sacred cow. Wow. Congratulations. I've come, to, I've come to do a job, and I did it. You did, yeah. sir. Congratulations, Dan. Yes, this film, again, we said it, culturally appropriate, not appropriate, what am I saying? Uh, important, I want to say instead. Does it hold the test of time? It does not. Fellas, it has been a blast. Dan Dunn, check out his podcast. What? Say it again, Dan. What's drinking with Dan Dunn? That I, I what we're drinking anyway. with Dan Dunn. What we're drinking yep. with Dan Dunn. Delvin Cox, the Delvin Cox experience. You know that. You'll find me on a few of those episodes in the past. And thanks again for checking out Gutting the Sacred Cow. We love you. Thank you all. Avita Zen. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.